This is the 7 Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. Great to see everybody. Hello, hello, and welcome. Pumped to see you guys. Excited for today's session. How's everybody feeling? Awesome. Well, let's get started. I'm super excited about today's session. Um, we've got Rob Warner from Invisible PPC with us today. Uh, Rob One's one of the top, if not probably the top, white label pay-per-click management company in the country. Um, they've done a lot of stuff for us at Plumbing HVAC SEO over the years, just like looking over our campaigns, giving us feedback, giving us insights, helping us fine-tune things. Um, so I can say without question, Rob is a world-class expert in Google Ads. Um, and so Rob's developed some really cool new things over the last couple of months. That's why I wanted to have him on today's session um, on how you can, you know, kind of leverage some of the tools he's built to get insights, to retain your clients better, drive better pay-per-click results, but also to do some cool prospecting stuff. So without further ado, Rob, thanks so much for being on with us. A oh, pleasure. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It should be fun. And you might be able to tell from his accent, he's from? I'm from the UK. Yep. But in the United States today. So the US border opened up to um, Brits and Europeans um, on the 8th of November for the first time in basically two years. I landed on the 9th. <laughs> Having been out of the country for that long, I'm normally here six to eight times a year. My business partner, Joe, who you may have seen at some of the events, and my CEO, Janelle, who again has been down in Miami at a lot of face-to-face -face events while I've been kind of locked out of the country. So um, my team are here, my customers are here, and I've not been able to get into the country for nearly two years. So yeah, the border opened up on the, on the 9th and I was there the following morning. So nice. I got in as quick as I could. Excellent. Well, welcome, welcome to the US. Junkie hotel room in Orlando, which is just horrible, but it's all good. Hey, before we start, I do want to say happy Veterans Day. I know we have some veterans, Will and Sean, on with us. If there's any others, thank you guys for your service. Happy Veterans Day. Hopefully you do something really cool to celebrate yourself uh, today. But um, let's, let's dive right into it, Rob. Sure. Okay, right. Um, if it's okay, I'll share my screen in a second. Um, um, I'm on a single screen setup here because I'm stuck in this, as I say, in this hotel room. So I've not got some of the advantages of a double screen setup that I've got. If you hear noise, it's because there are noisy tourists around. Um, so apologies for that. Um, I guess being in Orlando, it's full of people going to theme parks and stuff. Um, so um, I want to try and make today's session A, interactive. So please, 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 if you've got any questions, any comments, chat them shout them i don't mind i i would much prefer to have a conversation than a sort of 90 minute monologue um it's been much more fun for all of us if we can do it that way um and i want to kind of broaden the conversation out a bit a little bit bigger than um maybe intended in as much as what last thing i want to do is go hey guys sit here and i'm going to give you a sales pitch for here's a great piece of software here, here me show let me show you 100 reasons why you should buy it that's I don't want to do that. That's going to get tedious for all of us. So what I will do is I'll show you some slides in terms of history of what we've built, why we've built, um, and some of the principles. And we'll dive into it and have a play with it. But really, um, to make sure that, you know, whether this is, you know, regardless of the software, I want everybody to be able to leave this session today, having learned a bunch of stuff about in terms of some of the things about the way Google Ads are currently working um, and the way that can affect other clients, not just Google Ads clients. So 
this is not just about Google Ads, although it is, but it isn't, if that makes sense. Is that, is that fair? Is that a good deal? Sounds great. Good. A one in chat, if that's good with you guys. Oh, you've right. got those things. Oh, God, I hit the wrong button. It's not what I meant to do. All right. Let me get my screen shared. I'm just trying to get my screen shared to everybody. Um, I apologize. Give me one second. It's amazing how when you're not in your own environment, it just throws right. you off, doesn't it? Yep. Right. There we go. I'm hoping you can see uh, my screen. We see it. Perfect. All right. So I've called this X-ray vision for Google Ads, but I say it is more about more than just Google Ads. So can I just get a sort of temperature check in terms of who we've got on the call today in terms of who here is running Google Ads for clients, who here wants more Google Ads clients, who is interested in Google Ads for, for other purposes? Just give me some numbers in the chat so I know kind of what I'm dealing with. That will be superb. Um, lots of, what's a, a really good mix, actually. Really good mix. Okay, I'll, I'll try and make this, sorry, make this equally for everybody, regardless of where you are in the process. I'm going to cover things around prospecting. I'm going to cover things around fulfillment. So... Um, who am I? Can you see my screen? My, my screen seems to be going really crazy on my end. We're seeing, we're seeing your screen. Yep. Sorry, my zoom is being a little bit funky. Um, so I will start with why Google advertisers make the best clients. And one of my strong beliefs is that Google ads, people, advertisers, business advertisers, they really do make some of the best clients um first thing is they're already spending money on marketing and i don't just mean a service spend like off, let's take seo for example and that's not to knock seo seo is a service spend the only thing you have to do is over the long term justify the provision of the service whereas with google ads they have this second thing happening in their world which is every few weeks or every week or so a bunch of money leaves their bank account and goes into Google's bank account. And it's very tangible. It's a very visceral thing when that money starts leaving your bank account um, and you're um, you know, paying for ads that you expect to see an ROI on. And I don't know, um, Josh, how you find this, but I often find there is an expectation that of a, a more immediate return on a Google ad spend than there is in a, on an SEO spend or a content spend or anything else, just because there is that kind of direct connection between the ad dollar and the lead and the sale coming in. Um, and, I, and I see that all the time. And I think the other thing with Google ads as well is, and transparently, the cost per lead tends to be higher than other digital channels. I mean, if you're running Facebook ads, much as we all get upset with the current costs of running Facebook ads and those kind of things, Google ads will typically cost more per lead. And they're usually higher quality leads in many cases, but it was, it's going to cost more per lead. Um, but I think the most important thing is that if they're used to spending money on Google ads, then there will generally be good prospects for other services as well. So Google advertisers um, typically are really good for upsells, cross-sells, and anything else that you've got um, as part of a marketing mix. So I kind of really like Google advertisers. Obviously, that's where I spent my time. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my 
jumped across. As Josh said, I've run a company called Invisible PPC, which is a white label Google ads agency for about 10 years now. And you know, we spend a fortune for local clients and have done for a very, very long time. So we've kind of seen this you know, day in, day out for the past 10, 10 years. Um, and one of my good friends, Kazim Aslam, I don't know if you know Kazim, um, anybody on this session knows Kazim. Uh, Josh, you, I'll make an intro to you because you ought to know him as a smart He's got, I think, about 160 Google Ads clients currently now um, out of, I want to say, Phoenix, Arizona. Um, yeah, being very, very successful. Their agency is growing like crazy. Um, he just ran the speakers channel for um, a traffic and conversions agency program this September. And his words are, you know, Google Ads clients are the best clients because if they can make that work, then we can make other things work as well. And so just to sort of summarize that is, you know, businesses spending on Google tend to be the best candidate for just about everything else you've got to offer. Um, so that's why while we're talking Google Ads today, I want everybody to sort of bear in mind that as we go through this, don't just think about Google Ads, think about what else you could, what else are somebody advertising on Google, what's the marker that that gives you for other things that you might off, offer in your portfolio? Um, use it as, a, it's, like a, it's like a flag. That's, what, that's yeah. really how I see it, as a flag. Yeah, Rob, the, the, what I like about it is it, it's a propensity to spend, right? I always say we want to look for advertisers that have a propensity to spend. They're already spending money somewhere that if they're spending the money, we can probably show them how to spend it more efficiently, diversify it and get a better outcome. And so yeah. if you can laser target people that are already spending, that's that's a slam dunk. Exactly. So just put on screen here some screenshots of um, Google Ads as they stand today. Um, and you'll know this if you've done any searching on Google, if, which I'm sure most people do a dozen times a day. You're typically seeing on desktop, um, depending on the type of service, three to four ads at the top of the page, three at the bottom. Um, so you're generally seeing up to seven on a desktop for a, for a regular search, less if they have local services, like you can see in the top left-hand corner of my screen now. And on mobile, it's two or three. It's two or three spots on the page. Um, it's not many at all on page one. But this is how I see search being done and how we see it with our clients. And tell me if this fits your expectations. So when you go to Google to do something, you put your starting search term into search engine, uh, whatever it might be. Let's say it's plumber near me. And you put your search in, and the first thing you're going to do is you're going to look at uh, what do I get on page one of those results? Does that page of results satisfy my need? You're going to generally click around a little bit, maybe visit one or two of the advertisers. What you rarely do, and the data shows this, is you rarely go to page two. What you do instead is you change your search query, either using related search at the bottom of the page or just by using better thinking, because now you've seen what you got the first time and you re-clarify and you just search again, you go around page one, you have a look what you've now got and you go around again. Um, and that kind of loop goes. And that sort of page two results tend to be the last resort when everything else has failed. You know, <laughs> When you've run out of ideas as to what to search for and yeah. you've clicked everything and still not found the results, at that point that you start diving into the second page. Um, 
can I just check? Does that make sense? Everybody, would everybody just agree with that kind of search pattern? Just give me a yes in the chat if that's the sort of thing you would see or a thumbs up or whatever you've got. Ah, oh, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah. No I think that's just how we behave as, as humans, isn't it? That's what a normal behavior pattern is right now. But oh, what the hell is this doing? So here's where it gets really, really interesting. Can I take some guesses? <laughs> yeah, as Bertrand says, best place to hide a, a body is the second page of Google. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, nobody's finding it there. So anybody have any idea, if you're running Google Ads, you might have seen this in um, some of the search terms, how many businesses are typically bidding on a, on a search term? If you've run Google Ads, you know there's a little bit of data in the console. Anybody got any ideas? Hit me with a number as to what you think might be a realistic number of advertisers bidding. Let's just say, you know, plumbers in Miami. Let's pick a search term. Will says 20, Jeff says 12, 15 from Amy. Hey, Amy, how are you doing? Um, Ed says 10. All right, interesting. Yeah, good, 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 good. So here's a breakdown of an analysis of data we ran last week. Um, in 29% of search terms, there were fewer than 10. But here's the kicker. When we've looked at those search terms, many of those are non-commercial type search terms that didn't show any advertisers because they're just non-commercial. When you get into the commercial, about a third of them have got 10 to 19. But oh, the biggest single proportion we found was that 20 to 50 range of competitors, um, where 36% of the searches that we checked had between 20 and 50 competitors on a single search term. So imagine this, one, one city, one location, seven day period, competing with 50 other advertisers on that search term. Now, I don't know if, if you kind of realize that as running ads for clients, because the Google search, con the Google ads console doesn't really show you this. Um, but if you've got 50 other people or 49 other advertisers bidding against you, that gets pretty interesting and pretty challenging really quickly. And 1% of them had more than 50 competitors against them. Does that surprise anybody that, it's, that those numbers are that? Can I just get some feedback? Does, does that make sense? Because I, well, the first time I saw it, I've got to be honest, it's shocked the hell out of me. Um, I was I've never seen that data before. It's really interesting to see and know, like, you know, obviously there's going to be certain terms that there's, you know, a ton of advertisers. Uh, but to see the average there in that 20 to 50 is very, very insightful. Yeah, There's, there is basically a 70% chance you're competing against 10 or more advertisers on any search term. Hmm. But bear in mind, we've got four slots. So here's the biggest result that we saw. Um, um, the search term digital marketing agency. Guys, you, if, you're in, if you're in Las Vegas and you're running Google Ads, good luck. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> On that one search term, digital marketing agency in Las Vegas, we saw in seven days, 134 unique advertisers. It, 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 I was staggered when we, when we saw that number, 134 advertisers on one search term. Uh, and interestingly, the number one advertiser on that was not a marketing agency, uh, basically a broker. So here's the thing, bear in mind as well, that when you get to this, um, if you're running PPC campaigns, you've only got a few levers that you can pull in that campaign to get your ad more visible. You can change your bids, 
you can change your bid strategy, you can change your ad copy, and you can change your targeting. That's it. That's the only four things you can do. So if you know there's only four things you can do and you've got 133 other competitors bidding against you, um, you need more information to work with than that. So um, here's why I think this gets interesting. Thing number one, when there's so much competition, I guarantee that at any point in time, a proportion of those advertisers are not happy with their results. They can't all be happy with their results with that level of competition because you can't always be getting the impression share. You can't be getting your ads shown all the time. You can't be getting the, the consistency of results that you want. Um, advertisers, when they're up against competition, are gonna need an edge. They're gonna need something and you can bring that edge to them. You guys are sound, you know, if you're the fact you're just even in the seven figure agency group puts you way ahead of the vast majority of marketing agencies out there. So you've already got better skills, better resources, better assets than the vast majority of agencies that we see. The other thing it gives you is it's a great big prospect list, particularly when you know a proportion of these people are not particularly happy. So as far as I'm concerned, knowing that there is that level of competition in the market, to my mind is great news because it creates opportunities for all of us if we're smart enough to take advantage of it. Um, so that said, let's look at Google Ads. I was, I'd say it's a client life cycle in general. If we want to get new clients for anything, the first thing we need to do is a means of reaching them, either list building and outreach or inbound, but somehow you need to get a list of prospects and have something to deliver to them. We need to take them through a sales process, um, deliver a service, and ultimately report, retain, grow, upsell, cross-sell. Whether that's a Google Ads service, Facebook, SEO, doesn't really matter, full service. We're going to go through a version of that client lifecycle. Um, that's how we all make our living with that very kind of same process. So what I want to do is show you how we can use this knowledge, use this data at different stages of that lifecycle, basically to our advantage. Um, so let's start with list building and outreach. That's where all this starts. Um, and... <laughs> I, I come here um, in full transparency of how to, if, I could have put title this slide, how to be an idiot and waste a lot of money for little or no result. Um, um, and I don't know who else has been there. Can I ask here, who's tried prospecting an outreach that has failed spectacularly? <laughs> All the hands go up, right? Yeah. No doubt. 100%. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, it's soul destroying, isn't it? And I'm going to show you how I failed at it multiple times. Um, and here's the thing. Failing at prospecting for me had multiple costs to it. A, it cost us mo the money you've spent on the process. And that's a very real hard cost. And that kind of sucks. But I think there was a second cost, which is time, in that while you've got a failing prospecting process going on, you're not doing something else necessarily that might be successful because you focus your energy on the thing you're doing. Um, and I think there is also an emotional cost. From, I don't know about anybody else, but me personally, if I put time and energy and build something into it, into something, and it doesn't work, you know, mentally, that's enough to send me into a bit of a funk and a difficult spot because I know that, you know, it's like, oh, crap, that, that seemed like a really good idea. I was betting on it, thought it was going to work, didn't work. What the hell do I do about it now? 
Um, you kind of have to like, start and reset. And for me, that's actually the biggest cost is the emotional drain it takes. So here's how we've failed spectacularly. We hired a company um, earlier this year to do an outbound email campaign for us to get Google Ads clients. We wanted to test some direct client strategies, so we hired a company. And they guaranteed the earth, they promised this, that, and the other. Um, we ran a two-month campaign during which they sent 17,000 emails on our behalf from prospecting data they found for us. Uh, and we got literally zero from it. Absolute zero. I mean, I don't mean not a lot. I mean zero. Um, they claimed three leads, but we had like kind of like the receptionist in the charity. And they're going, hmm. We were after lawyers. That doesn't look, look a lot like a lawyer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it was awful. Absolutely. So you awful. kind of proved the the uh, the volume game doesn't always play, right? Just sending tons and tons and tons and tons of messages to the wrong people. Um, oh, completely. Yeah, completely. I mean, that was it. That was a volume play. That was their approach. You know, we went through their sales pitch and it made perfect sense. Um, didn't work. <laughs> Failed spectacularly. Um, so if anybody's done that, um, don't do that. Um, we then said, okay, let's do this on LinkedIn. And I apologize for some reason. I think it's my ropey um, hotel internet connection. Some images are not loading on these on this deck. So if you see funky looking slides, we're just missing images. We did a two-month LinkedIn campaign with exactly the same result. And bear in mind both times, we haven't just made this stuff up and had a go ourselves. You know, we don't had a sort of amateur hacker having a go at doing something. We've hired professional firms of lead gen and failed. Um, and then we failed again. And here's how we failed. We actually did like some masterclasses last summer. I mentioned the plumbing masterclass here. Uh, we did others last year. Um, and we basically took people through eight week sort of industry walkthroughs. And they were really kind of cool training programs that we had that did lots of nice things. Um, and, you know, one of the things we realized was people needed prospecting lists. You know, it's no use showing them how to present, showing them key industry problems, showing issues. They needed a prospecting list. And so we tried to build prospecting lists. And, ah, oh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, Josh, you'll have been there and seen this. You, you know how hard these things are to do. You try and build a prospect list and it just was terrible. We came up with nothing. In the end, we had to basically hire somebody and build a list um, just to try and make this thing work. And the big lesson for all of this, and I'll say my apologies for whatever reason, images are not appearing. Um, the big thing was just our targeting was off. We, we were trying to do, you know, the wrong thing for the wrong people. Um, and this is really breaking down now. Uh, Maybe if you hit refresh, because it said um, it was failing to connect at one point. Yeah, it's, it's for whatever reason, LastPass is being funky. And now it seems beautiful that AI is also being funky. Oh, that's really what I was hoping would happen. Give me one second. I should pause my screen while I get back to the right place. The good news is visuals are up. I think that the point that you're hammering home while you get that up, guys, is, you know, your prospect efforts are going to be contingent on the quality of the list and the quality of the data. And so a lot of volume to a bad list, an unqualified list, it kind of isn't going to bear much fruit. All right. We're back in action. And I think there's a thing we knew as well. And you're, you're absolutely right, Josh, is all we knew, if, if we'd step back and we look at the idiocy of our attempt, um, we were trying to sell Google ad services. And one of the criteria that we needed to be the true for them to actually work 
was they needed to be running Google Ads. We had an offer that was good, provide they run with Google Ads. And we fundamentally were advertising to people that we'd no idea if they were running ads or not, which they were just in a niche. So it's, it's hardly a qualified prospect. Um, and so what we did, we kind of dived into some data. Um, we looked around, at, you know, all the, a bunch of websites that we knew were spending money on Google Ads in particular, um, these 21 websites are spending about 210,000 a month between them. And we looked at things like SpyFu, SEMrush, iSpionage, and we're just getting nothing back from these tools. Um, you know, we're getting fractions of the results, just fractional, fractional results that we're neither, and you can't read all that, it's too small. Um, but essentially, people that we knew were spending 12,000 a month were seeing like $1,000 on, on SpyFu. 18,000 spends were coming back with 2,000. It was just useless. Anybody here used SpyFu or SEMrush for PPC data before? Yeah, if it feels have, like specifically you know for local businesses, like we all use, it's just, uh, it, it, it falls so far under their radar that it, the data is useless. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's fine if you're working with national businesses, it's terrible if you're working with local businesses. And that's basically what we found. Um, and the other thing as well we found, which, which is also important for prospecting, and again, we'll all know this, is our offer was a free audit, which is such an overused marketing message. It's kind of redundant. Nobody really gives a damn because you know, people see it for what it is. I mean, if you've seen Dean Jackson's message, um, you, know, cat, you know, mice are geared to do two things, get cheese, avoid cats. Um, you know, we looked a hell of a lot like a cat. Um, hey, we'll do a free audit of your marketing. It, we may as well have just gone out and said, hey, would you like to sign up for our sales presentation? It's just so overused that it makes no sense. And we obviously fell short with that. So we said, okay, what could we do that is different to this, that actually makes sure that we can reach the right people and that gives them a message that's actually a hell of a lot more compelling. And so I like to build software. Um, so we built some software um, and we built what I describe as a highly leveraged marketing asset, um, which I like a lot. Anything we can do once and use many in my world is a good thing to have in our hands. So with that said, I'm going to talk through very quickly what we did and what we built and why it works and the method we used but I'll show you how we did it and show you what we do um, because I think it's interesting. We did something we call, we've since called buyers before breakfast um, for the simple reason that when people, when we showed this to other people and they tried it, they were, they were sent doing stuff on an evening and getting prospects on the phone the following morning. Um, and this is one of the, our guys, Simon, who did it. And you know, he, he hit himself with a 200 K prospect basically overnight um, from a hundred percent cold. And so all we did to do this, and I'll show you how in a second, is we built this kind of ultimate foot in the door for Google advertisers called a marketing report. Um, and essentially what it is, is we run some Google data searches using the software that we built. And I'm gonna show you that now, if that's okay. So let me dive into what that is and how it works. So we built something called PPC Ad Lab. Um, and if I just sign in, 
Uh, is my screen showing okay? Can everybody see that? All right. So what does PPC Ad Lab do? Well, we, we spoke before about SpyFu and SEMrush and things. Um, I tend to think of them as kind of like our ancestor products. They are backward looking national historical things that actually show a snapshot of history. We didn't want history. We wanted real time now what's actually happening in the market. Because the problem is, if all you've got is like a historical snapshot, we know that because of impression share, you're never going to see everything in the market at any one time. You just can't see it. Um, to give you an example, we've said before that about 60% or 70% of, of search terms are going to have 20 to 50 advertisers bidding on them. So if you've got one historical snapshot, you're going to miss out on 46 of them at any one time. We wanted to get past that. So what we do in here is we allow you to see in real time what's happening in any search market uh, around the world. And when I say around the world, I really mean around the world. Um, basically, I think we can cover about 100,000 locations, which should be granular enough for most people. Um, I'm going to show you how we do it, and I'll, more importantly, show you the output from it first. So let's have a look at what kind of data we can get, and I'll show you how we get it. Um, so the first thing we've done, I did a search for this company here. We did a search. Uh, we ran hourly. Uh, we ran on in Las Vegas originally when I first ran this. We did 10 search terms. So 10 search terms in Las Vegas. And this was a couple of months ago, and I ran this now. And, and here's what we found. The first thing is we've got a heat map that shows for those 10 search terms how many unique advertisers we saw in any one hour period. So think about what that means. It means we know when the busy times of day are, when the most ads are being run, what the gaps in the schedule are. Are people turning their ads off overnight? Are they turning them off at weekends? When are our opportunities to find gaps in the schedule where there is less competition? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Wes says genius. Thank you, Wes. I'm glad you like that. That's cool. Um, and if we look, for example, we can click this and we can see exactly what the ad copy was that was running. So we know that on this particular day, at six o'clock in the morning, these were the ads. And we run in local time, by the way. So if you were to do a search, uh, um, uh, Las Vegas and New York, your New York results come back in EST, your Las Vegas come back, come back in local time there. Um, I get lost in my time zones a little bit. Um, but you get the idea. So it's always looking real time in that location. So you can see, you can compare across locations very, very accurately. Um, now, I did this based on 10 search terms. Wilson's data, <laughs> that's cool. Let me just pick one of them so we can say, okay, let's have a look at, I don't know, Vegas Plumber. Okay, that's what the schedule looked like for Vegas Plumber. That's what we found. You can see here, we're seeing gaps on an evening for Vegas Plumber. If you've got clients who got the capability to handle out of hours calls, uh, hello, we've got, we've got opportunities here, guys. We've got cheaper clicks on an evening and a weekend. Now, um, one thing I'll just mention as an aside, in-house uh, Invisible, we have a mathematician who's also a Google Ads person because for another project we're working on, I needed somebody who could do really good math data. 
Um, so we've modeled the impact of competition on account performance. And no surprise that the more competitors you have on a search term, the higher the average CPC goes, the lower impression share goes, and the higher your cost per conversion will go. And that's, that's no shock, is it? I mean, if you've got 100 people bidding on a search term versus 10, they're going to push the price up, um, which means two things. It means if you've got highly competitive search terms, which I guarantee you have in your campaigns, you need to actively manage them and drive down that, sorry, drive up the quality score on those ultra competitive keywords as much as you possibly can. And also find a way of converting less competitive keywords. Does that make sense? If you can do those two things, you're in with a shout. If not, you're at massive risk. Um, thank you, Josh. I appreciate the thumbs up on that. Um, yeah, you need to be able to do those two things for any campaign that you're running. Otherwise, you will struggle. So we can see from this heat map, we can kind of get an overview of what's going on. But let's just jump out of that for a second and clear this filter off. Um, let's take a different view of this data. Uh, let's have a look here. I'm going to just hide this filter for a second. Get rid of the box. All right, so in the seven days we were running this test, uh, Josh, this is plumbing. You might you, you might know some. I'm sure you'll know many of these names. <laughs> um, I do. I, I know the main company you're featuring, like you're, you're you're working through here, or it's like the subject company. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's just an example. We just picked one. Yeah. So, um, um, you get the idea here. Um, look at this list of advertisers that we saw during that seven day period. It's just it goes on and on and on and on. <laughs> So you get to realize that you, you're seeing a huge number of advertisers of varying different strengths in that space. So let's have a, let's pick one as an example. Let's pick this one, Citywide Plumbing. Um, let's have a look at them. So we've searched on 10 keywords. Um, Citywide Plumbing, we saw on, they only showed up on four of them, these four here. And we checked every hour for seven days. So what's that, 160 times approximately over that seven days? We saw them on this search term 20 times, this one 12, seven, and six. So what we know is with this advertiser, they're kind of a bit part player, really. They're not really seriously in the races in this town. We know this is a small budget client. We know this is when we saw their ads. This tells us two things. Um, one, it tells us they're running 24-7 because we've seen them basically at some point during the week in every time slot, overnight, morning, afternoon, and evening. We know we've seen, we know they've seen them seven days in every available time slot, but we know we're not seeing them very much. So we know they're not a major player. If we compare them to the other players in that market, here's how often we've seen some of them. So SSRFG we saw on their 10 search terms nearly 500 times over the course of that week. Now, we haven't modeled spend because it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do accurately. But do you think from that graph, you've got a pretty good idea who the serious players in that space are? You know, who are the big advertisers? Who are the big spenders? The list kind of sorts itself out. Um, if, I, if I put the full chart up here, you can see down the page. I mean, it's people just tail off into insignificance down the bottom. 
um, but they're still in the market. And my view is, you know, anybody that's outside these top three or four, they're prospects. They're people to be talking to because, you know, they're playing in a market at a relatively small level um, and they've got opportunities there. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. that, you know, that's where these people kind of are. Um, Amy says it's great for showing potential clients. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the reasons we do this. Um, and I'll show you how you can do that for clients in a second. Um, we then looked at the keywords. And this is where we get to see keyword competition. And you can see AC Repair has, what, 32 competitors on it? Over that seven days, Sewer Repair, or sorry, Sewer Service has 11. Think about what I said before. This search term here, it has one third of the competition that this one does. If you can make this one work, um, you're going to be way more favorable than fighting this. And if you're fight, if that's a critical keyword in your campaign, bear in mind that there are 31 other people pulling the same four levers that you're trying to pull. Um, I would describe them as high risk those kind of search terms, you really need to be on point with your campaign management, but it probably means you can spend less time here um, and a lot more time on, on this one. So that's kind of how I, I sort of see that. Um, just going to scroll down a bit further because there's some sort of stuff in here we don't need to go through. But then what we can start and do is go, okay, let's have a look at the ads. What are the most, this was what are the most popular ads by most seen ads from the company we're looking at, Citywide Plumbing. But most importantly, what's the most common stuff going off in that market at this time? So you get to see, if I want to be relevant in this market, what do I need to say for my ad to have a stand, a chance of getting clicked? Um, because if you can't see and if you don't know how to compete, I, it's one of my frustrations and when I, a minor aside is that PPC people tend to be really good technically, tend to be less good copywriters. I am generalizing. I may be being unfair to some people. There are people on this call, but it may be the other way around. You may have processes and things in your team to deal with that. But often those who are good technically are not very good from a copy point of view and vice versa. But here's the thing. In a, and my argument is always your ad doesn't get tested on your dashboard in Google ads. That's not where the rubber hits the road. That's, that's looking at a reflection. That's looking at an outcome um, of what has happened. The judgment that was made of how good your ad was, was on the search results page against a bunch of other competitors. That's where your ad got measured, not against a split test on your dash. Um, and yet, as, as Google people, we tend to focus on our dashboards as our only source of data. And we don't lift our heads up and look at what's actually going on at the point of impact. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I like to think of it, if you, if you were a general going into battle, um, I can't imagine a scenario where a gentle, general would go, do you know what? I don't want to see what the opposition are doing. I'm not interested in how many tanks and guns and planes they've got. I don't want to see all that. What I do want to do is, is I'll have a look at our own plan and see what we've got. If nobody does that. You would want to know as much as you can about your competition. And so for my mind, that competition happens on a search page and not in your Google Ads dashboard. So for me, this is really, really important. Um, um, Great to have a snapshot view like that to see exactly what ads are in play, what the offers are. 
and you know, if nothing else, like try and figure out how they make yours completely different or yeah. make the offer a little bit more compelling so that you stand out or your client stands out. 100%. That's the whole point, Josh. I mean, from, from my perspective is that it's, it's not even about being better. It's about having ad copy that stands out in, in comparison to the people you're up against. So let's have a look. For, let's drive, drill down a little bit further. We saw a few minutes ago that, that AC repair was the most competitive search term. So I'm going to filter this by AC repair. And just show that one search term on this chart. So we can now see um, all the advertisers who are advertising on AC repair. We can see, so we can see here, these are all the companies advertising on AC repair, specifically that one search term. These are all the people who are there. And if we scroll down, um, we can see these are all the ads that we've seen on that search term. Okay, now we know on that one search term how to compete. We know how to play the game and we know how to win because we know what the rest of the market's saying. Um, obviously, we can click these and go see landing pages as well if we wish, so we can go see what people are actually doing. Um, but if we know this, we can play. What we can also do is go, okay, let's have a look. What else? Who's got a price-pointed ad? Okay, let's filter. Let's only pay attention to anybody who's got a priced offer. That's pretty sweet. So, we can now scroll down a page again. Here we go. Here's what we're seeing for price pointed offers in the market. Is this making sense? Yeah. Hey guys, one in chat if this is making sense and you're seeing how you could use this data to drive better results for the clients. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how we, we use it as well for actual client stuff because I think it's really, really important. To one. It's all right knowing what it is, but knowing how to use it is just as important. So um, a couple of things about this. When we filtered this, we can take this filtered data and put any view on it that we want. We can go back to this little heat map if we wanted that we had before. We can look at this different ways and upside down. But more importantly, we'll see right at the top of this page. If I just get rid of this, this filter for a second, these two little buttons here, what do these two buttons do? They allow us to share this data with prospects. Um, so what we can do, we can white label this whole thing if you wish. Um, so if I was to go in, I'm going to show you in a second. I've set up a white label demo version of this. Um, it's exactly the same. You can change logos, colors, the whole thing. If I come back into this job here that we were looking at a moment ago, and let's just pick a prospect. This link I showed you a moment ago, it's the same one here. If I click that and copy it, uh, what can I do with that? I'm just gonna stop the share for a second. I need to go to another window. I'll reshare my screen. There you go. So what have I done? Um, I've effectively made this, made this report into a landing page. So what you saw before as an internal tool, we've now turned as a white label, see it's a white label domain, landing page with, you can put live chat on there, contact forms on there, phone numbers, whatever you like. So if you were prospecting, um, you've now got a great prospecting deliverable. And so when I said before, we'd, we tried to build something that was multi-purpose. This is exactly that, because we know from this report, a whole bunch of different stuff. 
We know who the key players in the, mar the market are. We know what the most prominent ad copy is. We know what ad schedules people are running. We know what the most competitive keywords are. All of those give you different ways to approach a prospect. You know, if you were doing, say, out outreach, you've got a five or 10 emails or message sequence where you can focus on, hey, I see that you're bidding on one of the most competitive market keywords in the market. Did you know that there are other keywords with volume that are far less competitive? Happy to jump on a call. Did you know custom you know, advertiser X has just brought out a new advert, a new offer in the market? Were you aware of their new offer? Were you aware of, you know, somebody's turning their ads off on an evening? You, does that, you get the idea that you, you can basically, you pick each one of these charts in turn and then each form separate prospecting pieces. So that just because one resonates with one, you'll find out which ones resonate with different, different types of people. Um, you'll also may have seen, on the, and you can change all this. You can, you can relabel and rename these things. You don't have to rename them. And we've called it a market analysis here. You can change whatever you like. Um, what you can also though do is embed it into something like go high level for reporting. So um, one of the things we've done, um, and if I come back to my other screen for a second, I'll reshare that. Hopefully you and I are seeing the same screen now, uh, which should be my list. This little link here allows you to embed that report in your go high level or any other reporting dashboard for that matter that will take an iframe embed. Um, so as part of your client reporting, um, you can embed what's going on in their market. And one of the ways I like to use this um, is showing movement over time. Where were you last month? Where are you this month in terms of your relative market position? What new advertisers have come into the market? Who's growing? Who's shrinking? The sort of stuff that you can't see anywhere else. Um, now, Josh, I don't know about you, but I find, I've never found anywhere that allows me to see changing the market over time. You just, no, you get I yeah, I, not, not, at this, not at this level, right? You might have seen it for like big national brands, but for the <laughs> average local plumbing, roofing, HVAC company, not that, I, exactly. not that I've ever seen. Well, let me show you how we do some of that because I haven't shown you this. And it's a great point you mentioned. When we, to do this, we do what we call, we create a job. Let's give, us a, let's give it a name. So for example, seven figure. We choose how often we want to check Google. Um, and you can check it. There's some presets in here. Hourly, two times an hour, three times an hour, every two, three, four, Monday to Friday. Or if you want, you can create a custom schedule. This is how granular you can get. <laughs> if you wanted to, you could say, check Google at 9.15 a.m. every Thursday. Um, you set, you tell it what you want to check when you want to check it. You can put your client in here so you can map what your client's doing, you know, so you can highlight any of your client reports. You can then, when it comes to locations, we can get really, really interesting. So we can choose, I said before, anything from a hundred thousand locations that are in Google ads. So we can choose, for example, a zip code. That's our office postal address. You can choose multiple zip codes. Um, you can choose cities, states. You, as granular as you like, you can get the results from it. So um, it allows you to get right to the kind of 
local level that you're interested in for your clients. So none of this national stuff, um, you can get super, super granular. And if you've got locations you use regularly, you can just save the list um, and then reuse it next time. So you can come back and pick up whatever you want. So for example, I don't know, so it's Texas cities. There you go. Put some Texas cities in there. Same for keywords. You can save keywords. You can type keywords. What I recommend is pick out top keywords from your market, from your client campaign. Those that get the most clicks, impressions, conversions, and just copy paste them in here. It takes you two seconds. Um, I'll just paste the list in for ease. And then tell it if you're interested in desktop or mobile. And if you want both, you just run it twice. Um, once you've done that, basically, uh, I can't get to the button because my pictures of people are on here. Let me move you all to the side for a second. I'll get to the button. Hit that. I've not chosen, I've not chosen the profile. Okay, there we go. And that's going to run and that will run away merrily. You'll see it on the dashboard here, if I come back to my dashboard and you can see what you've got running, what's paused, what's completed. You can tag and filter all these kind of things. So that allows you to get really, really good data. Can I just check, does everybody like the data so far? Because the data is kind of cool, but I want to be able to show you how to actually use the thing. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> Full disclosure, I never meant to build a SaaS with this. I was trying to solve my own personal embarrassment and humiliation on my failed prospecting efforts. Um, I'd hired someone to build kind of like a, a little crude thing. And it's like, did a, and you know who you do. Sometimes you build version one. It's like, yeah, that's good. Can you just make it do that and that? Well, now can you make it do that, that, and that? And about eight weeks, it's like, oh crap, this is really cool. <laughs> We're gonna have to do something with this. It was what I often describe it as accidental SaaS. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Um, which is, I think that's the best way, right? You're solving problems for yourself and then you realize, wait a minute, this could be super beneficial for, for other people. Oh, completely, completely. So yeah, that, that was my, my kind of goal with it. So here's, I'm going to show you a couple of ways how to use it. Um, so one way that people are using it um, is what we call this buyers before breakfast. I mentioned it earlier. And it's really simple. Here's what they're doing. Um, first is you do a configuration, which is a one-time thing which is setting up a job in here. Uh, if I just come back, you've got your white label settings so you can upload all your logos and things. That's what we call the configuration. Update that, put your domain in, away you go. So anyone who's used high level or any other platform, you, you'll be familiar with white labeling a subdomain on your website, putting your own brandings in. Um, and you'll also set up your profile for things like what you want to appear on your advertiser page, any scripts that you want to put on there, report labels and things like that. Two minutes, you do once. Then, as I've just done a minute ago, set up a job. It took me, what, 60 seconds to set that job up. And what I recommend is, if you're prospecting 10 to 20 search terms in a location you're interested, and then forget about them. It's You've seen how to do it. You saw me do it a minute ago. It takes you a couple of seconds. Um, once you've done that, Today, I will say export it to a CSV. Um, we've got a CSV option here. I didn't show you this, but I should have done. Um, if I come back to a job, let's just pick this one up. Uh, well, it's not in that, but just after running over that. Uh, there we go, let's pick this job here. You'll have seen on this dashboard here, these little check marks and crosses down the side. 
We've integrated contact lookup services in here. So if you want to use this for prospecting, you just check the ones you're interested in, hit contact lookup and press go and you'll get a CSV. Any contacts you can find will appear in there. So you've got emails, phone numbers where we can find them. We use hunter.io and one other that name escapes me. So whatever they can find, we can find. Fantastic. Um, so, so, I mean, not, I mean, the promise for the session was x-ray vision to land more clients, deliver better results and retain. We are, we are see how this would make you deliver and retain with the reporting, but kind of the unexpected bonus is, you know, the best list data you can get is somebody already spending money in your niche. This gives you the ability to find the advertisers on Google ads, export it to a CSV, automatically bounce it against hunter.io and get an exported list. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And you get an exported list with um, data. So the data awesome. you see in our reports, you get to see there. Our exported lists include all these links to their private pages. So you can send people a link direct from the email to their private page, which is all branded to you and has all your lead magnets built in. So you say, hey, ran this report for you. Did you know you're number three in Las Vegas for plumber? Did you know that number one is X? So that all those angles we said before are all built into the export. So you can put them in whatever you like. Now, kind of all the, all the custom values you might want to match to. Exactly. All the custom values are built in there. I mean, um, today, you export. Probably this time next week, it's integrated into the tool. You'll be able to email, do email campaigns directly from the platform. So you don't need to export or import anything. And again, all our custom variables, like the dashboard links, their report links, their number of competitors, ad copy, keywords, all appears as available to use in your email campaigns. So what I was saying before was, get your list, export your data, import it into something, or from next week, use our tool to do it, and use that link, use that link. Um, email it out to people, and you've got an email sequence there. And for me, what I like about it is you're leading with value. You don't look or sound like everybody else. Cause I guarantee they've never seen this data before because I couldn't find this data anywhere on the planet. I had to build a tool to get this data. So I'm 99% sure they've never seen it before either. They just haven't. Um, so even if they have an in-house or they have an agency, your opportunity to disrupt is there because you've got a message they've not had before. Does that make sense? From a prospecting point of view, if you were outreaching, be it LinkedIn, phone, email, or whatever, um, that effectively gives you much more firepower and much more value. Do you have an example of the of an export so we could see the, the fields that, that gets shot out? Yeah, I'll just do one. Let's do one now, shall we? Uh, I'll just hit CSV export. I just need to reshare my screen so it'll open the CSV. Um, I've got a full training on how to import it and do all this stuff. So I'm just going to stop my share and reshare my Excel screen now. How do you guys think that would be useful to be able to look up the, the, the paid advertisers in the area, export it, and have a, a clean, you know, match to contact and email list? So there you go. So I'm already using it. I know Lynn's already using it. Danny Barrera was the one that was like, you have to have this. You know, Rob and his team come share this because it's pretty amazing. 
<laughs> it was funny. One of my favorite comments from anybody I've ever seen was something on the lines of, you're going to have to pry this tool out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> <laughs> I can now prospect easier. So here you go. So here you go. This is the kind of data. Advertiser, the keywords we saw them on, how many, where, which, how many locations, how many ads of theirs we saw. That's the link to that white labeled page that I showed you before. Um, that's the link to the embeddable thing that you can put in your go high level report. Here's some of their ad copy and here's their contact information. Wow. Really simple. That's amazing. Um, works really, really well. I say as of next week, you don't even need to export it. We're integrating it directly into the tool. So that's that part of it. Now, if I come back here a second. Um, as I said, that allows you to kind of lead with different value add messages, which is kind of cool. And I don't want anybody to think that that has to be related to Google ads. Remember what I said before, we know that they've got, they're doing things on Google ads. What if we know they're sending them to the same page? What if we know that they're a bit part player in their Google ads? What if we know other things about them we can use to leverage page builds, websites, you know, reputation stuff. There's other things we can leverage using this data, knowing they're advertisers. It just needs more lateral thought. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a pure Google play. Um, and of course, my view is it kind of positions you slightly differently from everybody else because, you know, you're showing stuff they've never seen before. One of the things we found with this is, and I apologize if I offend any agency by this comment. Um, oops, didn't mean to do that. Um, sometimes you don't know who your competition is. Um, I once, when we very first launched this, and it's only been out a few months, uh, we had a complaint from somebody who went, your tool sucks. Your data's garbage. Um, I'm running a campaign for a hypnotherapist in New Jersey, and you've shown me advertisers from all over the world. So we went to the Google pre ad preview tool, diagnostic, and we checked every single result we'd returned, and we found them all. Um, and we went back and went, you know you've got competition from online hypnotherapists who, yes, are advertising from all over the world because they're doing services online. And they went, ah, didn't know that. <laughs> um, so one of the things you find sometimes is the competition you actually have isn't the competition you think you have. And if you're running Google Ads, that's a great way to screw your strategy up because their ad strategy was all over the place because they didn't know who their real competition was. And as a result, the ads didn't make sense in context of the competition. Um, so here's another way to use it that we found to be super successful. If you want to engage a client, let's say we're doing some prospecting. We've done our prospecting. We've got engaged people. We use it during the onboard process. Um, so when we do a sales presentation, we get a first run of the data. We know what's there. So we run it and we use that data in the sales presentation because they love seeing it on the sales presentation because, again, They've never seen it before. They'll recognize competitors. They'll call out names of people they know and so, stuff like that. So on the onboard call, we pull up that report that I showed you a moment ago, and we talk about offers. So who's had this happen before? You sign a client up, and they go, okay, what should my offer be? What should my ad say? I don't really know. Um, anybody had that? Just give me a yes in the chat. If you've had those client conversations where they don't know what to say, and effectively look to you 
to craft their offer in the marketplace. That's a really hard thing to do if you're doing it blind. Refer to my earlier comment that um, Jeff says yes, Will says yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it's a hard thing to do if you don't know the market, you don't know what's realistic, you don't know what's appropriate, and you don't know what you're competing against. Um, so we found bringing that report onto the screen and looking at competitor ads on their keywords and those kind of things, it massively improves that brainstorming process. And one of the things that we know is we did a, I said we had a mathematician on staff. We've just finished a 75 page report on QuartiScore. If you're interested in that sort of stuff, I'll arrange to get you a copy along with a quick action guide because you don't want to read 75 pages of it. One of the things that we've seen from that report is a heavy reward for click-through rate. Google heavily reward click-through. If you want to get a decent click-through apart from managing your bids, what's the best way? Better ad copy. This gets you ahead out of the gate. And so that's one of the ways we use it. So as a tip for anybody, <laughs> uh, yeah, you make sure that you're getting ads that are going to get clicked. It's a hard recovery if you don't. Lynn, you seriously want to read 75 pages? Um, I, I, I admire the enthusiasm, sir, but... <laughs> that's exactly right up my alley, Marat. <laughs> it's, it's 75 pages of statistics and analysis uh, we tried to, we went from the view of there are far too many, many opinions about quarter score. Let's get down to numerically verifiable facts. And so we did the report. Wow. I will get every, anybody who wants it a copy of it um, with pleasure. Soapbox, <laughs> soapbox that I jump on very often. <laughs> uh, it's funny. We got, I got to nerd out properly with that. It took about a month to produce the damn thing. Jeez. So, um, We've spoken about outreach, we've spoken about onboarding, we've spoken about, you know, we use this for account management now as well for kind of looking what's going. We're looking for changes in the market. And so I showed you before the fact we can embed this in Go High Level as a reporting thing. We're really interested in showing changes where over the next couple of weeks, putting a feature in here that will notify you when new advertisers come into a market or when substantially new ad copy enters a market. Um, I've, uh, Don says my clients love seeing this. It's, it's people, yeah, people love to talk about the competition. You know, even as ad managers, if we're less excited, our clients aren't. They know, we know they have people they don't like in their market. We know they, many of them have a sense of, I am better than they are, where do they have all the clients that I don't? They have that sort of sense of superiority sometimes, or that sense of entitlement. This allows you to show what's actually happening and changing the market over time. Um, and it's a really kind of engaging thing. Um, one of the things we found with that as well is that people are using the report, they're actually just selling the reports. Forget getting a Google Ads client, they're selling competitive monitoring services like a foot in the door service. $99 a month, I'll monitor your, key, your campaign keywords and shoot you a two minute video. Josh, you look puzzled by that. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. I, I love the idea. I, I do. I love the idea of getting alert when a new advertiser emerges because, you know, that's going to skew what your average bid's going to be. It's going to skew, you know, maybe it's a big player. It's coming in. It's ready to dump a bunch of yeah. money on their, on their ads campaign. Um, that would be great to be able to, to know that and adjust for it and be able to tell the client, hey, the reason our, our spend has to go up is because we've got these five new 
advertisers yeah. to just enter. I saw one the other week when I was looking at that, of exactly that, Josh. And one of the things we saw was midway through the month, a big national franchise came into a market with a price pointed offer that would just cut everybody else's in, just made them look stupid. And if you know that, and you can react to that before your client says, why is my performance tanked this month and you're on the defensive? Yeah. We spoke about retention. The best way to retain is to solve that problem before it happens. Can you imagine the difference between the phone calls when, when rather than the client saying, why is my performance tanked this month? And after an investigation, you find that. If instead you're, hey, this week we've just seen that Rotorout has come into your market with a half price offer compared to us and everybody else. It's going to hurt our campaign. It's on your on your key top performing keywords. How do you want to handle it? That's an entirely different conversation dynamic. Um, so that's why I put it into the tool. 100%. Uh, we've had people use it to compare different locations. How you know if they've got a franchise or a multi location business? How is what's the competition look like in market A versus market B? Um, so that they know and can get ahead of problems coming into into market areas one of my favorites was this one franchise compliance um so you know if you buy a franchise you typically have a, an area you're allowed to advertise in you know you have a range of zip codes usually it's your that's your patch um well in franchise world people often will try and get sneaky and advertise in vacant areas or nearby areas that might just be on the border of their patch to try and get some more business um, so one of our clients has set up alerts um, for any of their other franchisees on their patch. And sure enough, they're catching them out. <laughs> they report them to head office. Head office then either find the franchisee who's breaching the terms or they just get the ads taken down. So the franchisees win, and the franchise all wins because they get their value of their franchise is now more protected. So it's a really interesting use case that I never thought of when we built this thing. But if you've got franchise clients, they love that. They absolutely love it. It's, we've already got one massive franchise that it's escalating through the regions at the moment to go to the try to ultimately take it national. Um, but certainly we're rich regional manager level so far and they're kind of loving it. Um, so does that make sense? So, I mean, I think here I've just tried to sort of illustrate all the different things we can do with it. Um, and essentially, that's kind of what it does. It's designed to be your kind of like Swiss army knife of competitor research for prospecting, for selling and onboarding, for client management and client retention. Um, and that's basically what it does at this point. We're building new things in it. So we're building into things like... Um, Ecom, Ecom's been built into it in December, so you'll be able to look at all the shopping ads. Uh, we're building in the um, page layout monitoring. So if Google changes the layout of the page, you'll be able to see how page layout changes affect your performance. We're breaking out the different kinds of extensions that people are using, so we can see who's using reviews, who's using calls, who's, you know, who's doing local service ads. We capture local service ads in our data. So we'll know who's got a local service ad and the Google ad running, who hasn't, which again comes to opportunities. If one's running local service and one isn't, let's go and sell them one or the other. Um, so it really comes down to how creative you want to get um, with using the tool. 
So does that make sense? Is there any questions that, I've, that anybody wants to ask that I can help with at this point? A couple of people had asked how much it is. Um, I know another, a number of the people on use it already. Okay, give me one second then. So in terms of how much it is, um, Josh, help me out here. I'm, I'm slightly uncomfortable in that I don't, I want this session to be something that is value in, regardless of whether you use our data, at least be aware of the data opportunities that are in the market. And so my view is go through the thought process we've gone through of how can you use external data to better find and service clients. Our tool is a way of doing that. Uh, it's not the only way, certainly for Google ads, it's the best way I've ever seen, which is why we built the thing. But you know, that doesn't mean that I wanna sort of make it a big salesy kind of thing. I'm happy to put pricing on here and show people how to get a, effectively a seven figure discount, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. But, I um, think it was a great session, lots of new, like I think sometimes an introduction to a new tool you know, you, you realize things that didn't exist, right? I didn't know I could run a report of all of the advertisers and, and export that and have it bounce against something like uh, hunter.io. That's a very useful resource. It's something obviously you have to pay for, but didn't realize that exists. That gives you something you can tap into to get better results with your prospecting, right? Something exactly. you can use to generate better results for your clients. So yeah, go for it. Let, let's see, let's see how much it is and what the, the seven sure. figure agency deal is so here's here's the deal um if you go to our website which is ppcadlab.com you'll see we've got price points on there starting at 47 dollars for a little baby plan and going up to 397 for the agency plan um you can see them here and what we do is we have what we call credits in the system so that we use a network of machines around the world to be able to get accurate local results and we get charged every time we do a search not surprisingly so we work on a credit-based system. The way to think of a credit is one keyword, one location, one check is one credit. So if you're running it 10 keywords every hour for 24 hours, that's 240 credits. So obviously the more clients, the more prospecting you want to do, the more credits that you need. And so our little plans have you know, small limits and numbers on those kind of things, up to our agency plan at 20,000. So what we wanted to do was make a bigger plan than that, which we called our charter plan, where we put in there 25,000 credits. And rather than doing it at our sort of agency price at 397, we do it on a free trial. Um, don't ask anybody to put their money out first. You know, we're, we're strongly believe in delivering proof and value first. So, you know, if you want it, get it free for seven days, regardless, you know, we'll put you some credits on there. Um, and you can then go and play with it, get some, worst case, play with it for seven days, get a bunch of prospects or run one of your top clients against it, see what reaction you get. And if you don't like it, just don't go, go ahead with it. Um, but then we've done that kind of like 197 a month. So it's half the price and more credits. So you kind of get more for less, basically. Um, I'll put that link in the chat. It's, there's a page, if you go to the page, it looks like this. So I'm gonna copy that and put it in the chat for anybody who wants it. And I, I say, I'm kind of um, going through everything that's in there. We've basically put a bunch of bonuses in there as well. Um, so that we've done a few things that I think you might find useful. We're doing like weekly training calls on that at the moment um, because we're finding, um, because the platform is evolving quickly, 
there's always something new to train. There's always something new to show. Um, and also our customers are showing us things to do with the tool that we'd never thought of as well. Um, we did a great one uh, a week ago. Um, Josh, you'll appreciate this one in the plumbing industry. You know how people do, uh, you get search terms in the AC repair. If you'd like Chevy AC repair, um, in fact, I can show you on screen now. Like vehicle, vehicle AC repair versus like your household AC repair. Exactly. You know, people, you, you see it all the time. Um, I, may, I think it's one of my completed jobs. Uh, where was it? Uh, negative. Here we go. You'll like this. So what I did was I ran this thing here. For all the people who are showing things like... Um, in this case, Corvette AC repair, Camry, v I just picked a few at random. Um, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure these are good prospects for anybody in the, in the AC industry. Um, so you, you come up with some negative terms that should absolutely be negated yeah. that the prospect would want to know, well, I don't want to come up for that. And then you run a couple of results and say, hey, look, did you know your, some of your ad budgets being earmarked for automotive AC repair versus whatever? Exactly that's a, that a problem you solved for them, which may lead to a foot in the door, which may lead to a consultative. Yeah, yeah, you're coming up for Corvette AC repair and you and you do home installations. Probably don't want to do that. No. We did the same for um let's come back into here a second. This one here. And this this one was really fun. So we come to I don't know, let's pick one of these. I only ran this for like an hour just as a test to play with. Um, ARS Houston are currently showing ads for scam AC repair. Yeah. <laughs> so we did things like worst, terrible, bad, scam, and saw a bunch of people advertising on it. They might want some more negatives in their campaign. And by the way, if this is anybody's client, I apologize. I literally picked it at random. Um, so it's I not mine, unfortunately. So you're you're good. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, if you could tell somebody, hey, you're coming up with the worst plumber in Ohio, they're probably going to pay attention to that. Um, so we say we do these calls because people are um, coming up with crazy things like this to try. What we also do is we put in the SSL on your white label. So it's all the SSLs and stuff is done for us. And we've got a load of templates and other things that we've put together over time. You know, if you've got someone to train to show them how to do the contact research, process walkthrough step-by-step step and different things and kind of a what's working now session. So we've put all that together. That's all in this plan. You get access to the full thing. Um, and for anybody feeling really extravagant, we've done a crazy, crazy annual plan, which is $1,900 just under, which if this one saves you 50% and you get 20, 25% more credits, this one gives you another percentage increase and saves you even more. So you get 50% more credits. So if you think 25,000 a month comes to 300,000 a year, that gives you 450,000 credits in the year. So it kind of, this is 25% better than half the price. This is 50% better than this and cheaper again. So there's a couple of options there for anybody who wants to do that. Um, as I said, everything comes with a free trial. So please try it first. Let us know. We, we, want, we want to learn kind of, um, how we can support you. And so we put together some, you know, proven converting keyword lists for people prospecting. It's kind of a, just a bunch of stuff that we've done. So 
at the risk of continuing with what might feel like a heavy sales pitch, Josh, I think I prefer to um, just stop. <laughs> and no, I think this, one, this is great. And, and, you know, obviously, guys, this is a member call. So I'm very protective of bringing on software and pitches to these calls, right? I never want to use you guys' time no. to present softwares that I don't see value in. Um, Danny Barrera, Lynn Askin, a number of the members use this and they're like, this is a tool that the members need to know about because it's going to help you prospect better. It's going to help you retain clients better. Um, and so that's why I wanted to have Rob on. Um, I think yeah. it's, it's a great offer. You guys should, you know, try it, you know, get the free trial, check it out, um, see how it fits into your model. Um, I think if you, if you use it as the data source that you run your dream 100, you run your competitive outreach on, um, it pretty much justifies the expense. Um, and then if you look at it from, from you know, how this is going to help you deliver better results and be a better agency, it really becomes a no-brainer. Um, so, Rob, thank you so much for coming on and unpacking this for us. That's okay. Lynn, any, anything you want to add before we wrap up? Because I know you used this tool and, and you were one of the ones that was like, yeah, let, let's, let's get Rob and his group. And Rob and, and Joe, and they're all part of the seven-figure agency um, program. They're members of the Elite Mastermind. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love the tool. I, I've been using it for quite some time. Um, um, when, when you know, Joe and Rob and Janelle showed me this tool in the beginning, I just kind of couldn't believe what I was seeing. You know, we, we've all fought with SpyFu. We've all fought with the kind of not so great data in those tools, trying to find a competitive advantage and, and seeing what our competitors were running up close and personal was just a huge help. Um, I love, uh, I love, obviously, I love the ability to white label it. I love the heat map information. Uh, seeing the advertiser table is just ridiculous. And um, I don't know, they got a cool the ability to embed it in a high level if, if that's something that you want to do. Um, I haven't used it for prospecting yet, but um, you know, I, I had my eyes open today to some of that too. So um, pretty darn cool tool. Um, I would, wouldn't, you know, again, uh, I thought about bringing this to the group uh, quite some time ago. We posted about it in, in the chat at some point i think i i said this is my new secret weapon um you, you were so, trying to hold it on keep it under the I, I, yeah i would yeah well i mean i want yeah at some point i'm like okay i gotta tell people about this thing it's too cool <laughs> uh, and so uh, uh i wasn't actually trying to keep anybody from it but uh but it's it's been really good for us just to see some some data awesome hey rob if some if sean's asking if, if they wanted to show a demo to the team is it on that site people like somewhere that like kind of walks yeah i'll uh yes there is um, i'll get you a link to that so I'll, I'll follow up in the in your group i'll put a link to a video in there as well um so yeah i'm happy to put that out there too because it's really simple to use i mean the idea is you don't spend much time on this thing um it's one of those tools that does most of its heavy lifting while you're not touching it um so you come back and do the kind of like 80 20 and the 80 20 of that so it's hit it once for some results go back when you've got them and have a play with it because um yeah people we've we, it's been interesting to find that it's we didn't know it was going to have multiple uses we didn't know it was going to we, we built it for prospecting then realized holy crap this is good for account management then realized for report and we kind of we're on this journey of finding out how we and others are using it and that's influencing what we build and where we go with it because you know we've got full-time developers on this uh, and we're running as fast as we can to build new things and make it more, even more valuable for it. 
Amazing. Michael mentioned that maybe the try button is taking him back to the homepage. Wasn't sure if that was the intended functionality. No, it should give you a sign up. If it isn't, I will get that fixed for you in the next few minutes. Joe, if you're on this call, could you hit power for me, please, and find out what's going on with that? Yeah, one thing I haven't spent a lot of time on today, as Don just mentioned, is how to analyze each view. One of the things I did that I haven't done today, just because of time, is taken this report and I've broken down every chart on here and how to read the chart. So you know what you're looking at, so you don't need to be an expert. Um, and we put little like, help buttons by all of them, so you can just literally read it. Um, but I'm conscious that I didn't want to make anybody have to be an expert to know how to do that. So that's, Don, that's your kind of question. Thank you for prompting me with that, sir. Uh, Michael, glad you like it. We'll get that fixed. Uh... Oh, uh, Jason's asked a really good question, Josh, if it's okay if I answer it, which is, does yeah, let's do it. Yeah. impressions? Um, so if, we're, if you're scheduling a job and you're running um, lots of searches, yes, it will affect impressions that ads get shown. We run effectively as a regular browser user. Um, so showing us an ad is show, like showing anybody else an ad. In context, though, I mean, unless you're hitting it like five times an hour on a local keyword, it's, it's a rounding on the vast majority of search terms because you're not going to run this on the small stuff. You're going to run this on the stuff that matters. And if it matters, there's already volume there. So one of the schedules we recommend to re a really good overview is this kind of like eight times a day schedule or four times a day, depending if you do. So eight times a day is mobile and desktop. One morning, one afternoon, one evening, one overnight. If you run that on a continual basis, you get to see how a market moves over time. And if you do it one on desktop, one on mobile, you can really see where the opportunities and the gaps are. Um, and the key, one of the key things is from a point of view of the account manager to just work it into a workflow. So it's a, a routine thing. You spend 10 minutes on once every couple of weeks or once a month, depending on the size of the client. So it's maximum value, minimum effort, and not just another job. Last thing you want to do is create another job for people. Yeah. Any, any questions for Rob on this? Anything like, you know, anything on this that would be helpful? Sean's asking, any plans somehow getting pricing of ads or monthly spend for competitors? Do you know what? Um, I started this session by um, um, dissing the efforts of people like SpyFu to do that reliably. Um, I, I would feel uncomfortable committing to something that I can't be sure I can deliver. Um, so at the moment, well, what we're focusing on is relative rank. So we're looking at basically who are the big people in the market based on how much we're seeing their ads versus how much they're spending. Because we don't know what the quality scores are. We don't know other things. Um, we can't see the full extent of their ads. So actual spend is really difficult. And I, if I can find a way to do it well, I will. But I think actually a better thing is to acknowledge that it isn't accurate and not to do it badly, if that makes sense. Relative rank is far more valuable to me right now because that tells me who the big players are. Got it. So you're not able to say, well, this company is spending 50 grand and that's why you can't even compete with your $2,000 a month budget. But you can say, look, contextually, this guy's got 100% of the pie and you've only got five. Exactly. What I can do is say, hey, look at, you know, look, look at this report here. Um, 
So what I can say is go get this one, for example. Look at that. <laughs> this is how many times we're seeing each of these advertisers. <laughs> on some of them, you're not even making the top 15 that's on the chart on the page. <laughs> you're probably not playing at the right level in this market. Um, that tells me contextually, that's a small player I've got an opportunity with. That's the number one player in town. That doesn't lie. Yep. Um, Isaac says, it sounds like it's automatically runs a search in the market picked and takes a snapshot of the PPC ad showing. Is that, if that's the way it works, doesn't get every PPC ad running in the market? So it will, over time, the answer I, I believe to be yes. On any individual search, no. So if you think about this, if you were to go to Google now and do any search for any service, you're gonna sit on a, on a desktop. If you're on this call, you're gonna see potentially four ads at the top of the page, three at the bottom. If you hit refresh, you're gonna see different advertisers. At least a portion of them will change. So knowing that, what you don't know is advertisers may be running schedules. So they may be turning them off at five o'clock on an evening, they may be turning them off weekends. And they may have not enough budget to be running later in the day or later in the month. We haven't spoken about that, but if you leave this running over the course of a month, you'll see who's run out of budget in the last week. Um, last week of the month, interesting opportunities, by the way, if you plan your budgets right because not everybody plans their budgets properly. Um, so over time, bear in mind that you know, impression shares, budgets, scheduling, we will see the vast majority of adverts in that market over that period of time. Will it be everyone? Difficult to say, but we'll see the vast majority of them because we're checking regularly at different times of day. We don't check from the exact same IP, so it's kind of like, imagine within a, within a city, each time we check it, it'll be from a different location in the city. So we're seeing different views, different times, different devices. So yeah, we'll get a pretty good overview of the market. Well, you can see on this one here, if I come back to this, um, just come back a screen. Um, these guys, as a, we saw 256 unique ads in one week. Now with the way Google's changing ad testing to these responsive ads, that's probably, just variations on similar ads. But that's a hell of a lot of ads, variations that we've seen. So that's in seven days. Sheesh. Impressive. It's amazing what you guys have built here and, and amazing that it, it pulls this data across so many different potential search terms. Um, one last question here and, and then we'll wrap up. Sure. Um, Rob, uh, Don's asking, can you repeat the recommended job schedule? Yeah, so if I was doing it, I'll break it into two parts. Part one for prospecting. I run hourly for seven days. I typically recommend for prospecting, one location, 10 search terms, hourly for seven days. That will build me a prospect list of anything up to like 100-ish prospects, 120 prospects in a week. Um, for ongoing job running, I would run it eight times a day, four, four desktop, four mobile, um, and effectively use our schedule that's pre-built so as morning, afternoon, evening, overnight. So you get each section of the day. That will give you really good coverage without going crazy on the credits, without distorting the search impressions in the market so that you really get to see what's going on. And that will give you insights that you didn't know you didn't know. Awesome. 
Well, hey, Rob, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for making a great special you know, price option available to the, to the members. Um, Rob, Janelle, Joe are in the Facebook group. Well, not Joe, because he's not on Facebook, but these guys are absolute pay-per-click ninjas. You can see he's got a math mathematician running things. He's making custom software. They run really good Google ads. So if you've ever got some questions or some need some feedback, uh, always think to, to tag in Rob, because he can really help you bring some smart insights um, and some, you know, some clarity to what you're trying to do. Happy to help anytime. Absolutely happy to. And thanks for having me. I mean, as I say, I was really conscious that I want to do as much value as possible. I don't want to go overboard and give a big fancy sales pitch. This isn't a webinar, but um, I hope that whether you want the software or not, you can still get a ton of value out of the, the ideas and the concepts behind it, um, because I think there's a, a load of lessons there if we start and apply them properly. Quick feedback for Rob, guys. If you got value, if you enjoyed the session, give us a one in the chat and um, we'll, we'll put a pin in it there. Lots of ones. You did great. I know you feel awkward about, you know, offering a software on a, on a member-based training, but you did awesome and, and it was, it was uh, well-received. So uh, thanks Josh and team, the thank time you so and, much for having us. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it, guys. And thanks well, all for your time. We'll talk to you guys later. See ya.